What are your favorite Minnesota sports podcasts saying about the Minnesota Wild this week? We find out today on Locked on Wild. You're locked on wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Wild your first listen every day. And just as a reminder, Locked On Wild is free and available wherever you listen to podcasts. On today's episode of Locked On Wild, we present you part two of episode seven of the Minnesota Sports Podcast Collaboration Show, featuring such podcasts as Locked On Wild, The Soda Pod, Minnesota Sports Chat, Judd's Buds, MNCNA, CAA, and Brave the Wild. My name is Seth Topal, host of Lockdown Wild, veteran Minnesota sports content producer with over a decade's worth of experience covering your favorite Minnesota sports teams through their ups and downs, and now fully invested in the Minnesota Wild here with Lockdown Wild. Happy to have you along for a Friday edition of the show, and as mentioned, part two of the Minnesota Sports Podcast Collaboration Show, uh, episode seven. So if you missed part one, make sure to check that out and make sure to give a follow to all of the shows that are associated with this podcast, including the Soda Pod, Minnesota Sports Chat, Judd's Buds, MNCAA, and Brave the Wild, as well as Locked on Wild also. So without further ado, here's part two of episode seven of the Minnesota Sports Podcast Collaboration Show. We'll turn it over to Isha Jerome and State of Hoppy of the Soda Pod. Who do we got? MNCAA, hosted by Nick Maxson. You get your weekly dose of Minnesota College Puck. Here's a look at what you can expect for all six Division One programs. So let's talk about that botched call because uh, there's, you know, the video obviously circulating uh, around social media with uh, Enrico Blasey just giving it to the referees. And, you know, <clears throat> when you cover the sport or any professional or, you know, even developmental league at this level, Ryan, mm-hmm. you often see coaches who, you know, there's there's warranted outbursts and then there's not warranted outbursts. And, you know, for St. Thomas, there's no question I saw the play. Uh, and I think everybody, an honest fan, would say that this was a warranted heated moment by uh, Rico Blasi there against the referee crew. Oh yeah, no, no question. I mean, I I saw the play happen directly in front of me. I mean, it wasn't. I was at a side angle, but I, you know, I wasn't. It wasn't like directly coming towards me, but I was at a side angle, right where I was, looking right at the blue line, and I was like, "There's a penalty here." I'm not exactly what type it was because it was a side angle but i said there's definitely a penalty here and it's on mankato but but no call is made and they score peter gets beat five hole and uh and it was if you look at it it i even got someone sent me a photo of the actual still shot of the first part of it and you can see the guy literally sticking his arm out at the blue line, completely blocking him <laughs> from getting oh across to play defense. And then they get tangled up, and it's looks like there's a blatant high stick as he's trying to get around the guy, too. So you got that, and then it was it was so bad. And then, you know, 
the focus wasn't necessarily on the non-call at that point. It was more so on how Rico reacted on the bench. And it, what I was most impressed in is that he was able to keep the beat with the Ole Ole song by beating the stick on that. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're chanting behind it, and I'm like, is he actually coordinating it? Where you know it's going Sometimes along. You become with the song. a director, Ryan. I mean, yeah, that was that was and, truly impressive because um, was, my wife was like, "Hey, he's actually keeping pace with it here." I mean, that was. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the clip. He's banging his stick, points it at the ref, chucks the stick behind him, and really gives him an earful. And then after the game, a lot of people didn't see that part, but it, he had this calmness, like an angry boss who's trying to keep his composure at the end of the game but you can see it just billowing underneath him he's waiting for the crew to get done he wants to talk to the linesman or one of the refs and you can see them off and they don't want to come near him because they knew he's <laughs> waiting for them and they're they're huddled together and they're like uh i don't know if we really want to go talk to him and uh so finally one of them comes over and rico is at that point not in anger like throwing stuff level, but very much in a I need an explanation kind of a thing. And he made the linesman, I think it was a linesman, made the mistake of touching Rico when he's mad, which is yeah. not a good thing to do, especially when anybody's really no. mad, is to touch or put your hand on them because that'll make it worse. And you could see Rico just knock his hand off when he tried to touch. It was... That was a side of Rico Blasi that I have not yet seen this year. So that was, uh, but it, you know, it was warranted. It was a terrible non-call. His team was playing well. It completely changed the course of the game, and you could it. It was bad, and uh, it, it's unfortunate because that's what sticks out, and not the fact that St. Thomas played so well throughout the game, and. <laughs> I picked them to win in my picks during the week, and people thought I was crazy. I believe Dan Myers told me to, quote, put down the hookah pipe or whatever. He that sounds yeah. about right. Yeah, but I, I was five minutes away potentially from being right about it. So it was like – And you could make the argument, too, that had that call been made, that mm -hmm. you probably would have been right. Uh, yeah. You know, and it, it goes to show that, well – just, I guess St. Thomas, he just can't have nice things. Yeah. And, uh, no. yeah, I was thinking to myself, God must really hate St. Thomas for being a religious yeah. school. <laughs> Considering Something. how close they've, they could, I mean, they could have had six, seven wins this year, but it's always something happens in overtime or a non call or just a bad break. And, but yeah, that was, it was an unfortunate way to end the year because they could have really, even if they would have lost the series like in three games, they could have just said, hey, we took down the number one team, number one in the pairwise. Look what we've accomplished, and they could really build on that. And uh, it was unfortunate that that happened, but you so. know, and and it's and it's one of those things, Ryan, where you do lose, um, you know, in that game on on the scoreboard. Right mm -hmm. now, I would imagine that the message in the locker room was, "You guys actually won that game, right? Mm -hmm. You had a lot to be proud of." Um, the, again, I don't think anybody really truly besides a few folks who followed St. Thomas at that, that this was going to be close. Now, mm -hmm. 
as we talked, we we figured Mankato would somehow win this series, whether it was in two games or whether it was in three. Mm-hmm. If I somehow I shocked the hockey world and just asked St. Cloud fans, like we said last week, they know a thing or two about getting shocked. Um, mm-hmm. Hashtag AIC, hashtag Air Force. Um, <laughs> but with that being said, right, uh, not definitely, you know, a kind of a high note to end the season. You know, I say kind of because, you know, again, you, you still lose the hockey game, but you, you, you took – uh, number one team in the country to the brim. And, and again, without, you know, was it referee interference is what we're going to call this. So <laughs> yeah. they, they probably could have won that game. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it, it's, you know, there's no moral victories in college hockey and it, at, at this level reason, but this is, I feel like is one of the rare occasions where you could say, look what we did. Yeah. We didn't lose. We have, yeah, we lost the game, but I mean, Nobody, very, very, very few of people thought that we would win this game, let alone be even competitive in it. And we took the number one team within five minutes. We almost could have pushed it to overtime. Had that call not yeah. been made, it probably would have gone to overtime, in my opinion. Uh, so it just – that's something you can really put your hat on and say, yeah, we lost, but look – look what we can build on next year. We showed that we can keep up with good teams. We almost beat tech twice. We beat Lake yeah. state. We almost beat Bemidji the week before yeah. lost in overtime. You know, we almost beat the number one team. That's something they could really go into next year and say, we took a massive step. The first game we played, we lost 12 to two <laughs> to St. Cloud. Our next to last game, a playoff game, we took the number one team, lost by one to the number one team in the nation, and they scored that goal with five minutes left. So it, it's a big step that they've taken from the start of the year. It is the month of March, which means that spring is right around the corner. And if you continue to try to eat better and to look better, Built Bar is here to help. If you're trying to get a little bit more out of your Built Bar rotation, Built Bar Puffs are here. And if you haven't tried them, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. As with other Built Bars, Puffs contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 net carbs as well as 17 grams of protein. Compare that to your normal candy bar, which has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. You can get in on the Built Bar mania right now by heading to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off of your order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Agreed. And, uh, you know, again, the the story of... St. Thomas and their run, you know, to the division one ranking continues, I think, uh, just only because, uh, again, you know, again, to me, they were my favorite team to follow uh, just to see how much they grew. And, you know, the feather in the cap for Rico, I mean, it really, to me, almost cements how good of a job Rico has done um, this year. And if there were any doubts from anybody in college hockey, they, they should be silenced just about now. Um, but Ryan, let's transition a little bit just because with St. Thomas, the season done, um, I know you're still doing work for the CCHA, the team that you caught up with this week, heading into the semifinal match with Northern Michigan. You had a chance to speak uh, with Grant Petoni uh, a little bit, who leads that squad. Can you tell us uh, uh, the conversation and maybe some thoughts going into this weekend? Well, it's, I talked to Grant, uh, for people who don't know, I covered NMU for seven years up in Marquette before I came down here and kind of focused on St. Thomas. But 
he they're an interesting team this year. People remember last year that NMU beat Mankato in the semis in Mankato and threw everybody for a loop. Like, wow, Mankato just lost at home to a team that they probably should have, you know, cleaned house with. I mean, they're just – but – it was a shocker, and now they're in the same situation again. NMU has battled injuries this year. They're starting goalies out with Rico DiMatteo. Their captain's out. Joe Nardi's out. Colby Enns is a defenseman. He's out. I mean, they're they've just they're hit hard. So, so but, things are looking up, right? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, but the thing is, is they're powering through it. You know, they went up to they went to Sault Ste. Marie last weekend to two out of three from Lake State. You could make the case that they should have won it in two, but they just everything's coming together at the right time for NMU. That's what happened last year. Two out of three in Bowling Green, beat Mankato, lost in the WCHA championship. Now it looks like it's gonna potentially happen again. Took two out of three from Lake State playing Mankato. Um it they're it's a fascinating look for them because it's deja vu for them in 2022. They were in this exact same situation last year, turned their season around in the playoffs. And they're they're so sh- defense is not their strength this year. Um, I'm writing a preview about it so people can see that tomorrow, so <laughs> they can see the full details. But defense is not their strength. They were 53rd in the nation. Their penalty kill was atrocious. Uh, yeah, been, not good. Yeah, not good. I don't know if people know the fact, but they were 58th out of 59th, and the only team below them on the penalty kill was a team I previously mentioned on the podcast a few minutes ago. Uh, so they're not good there, but they're strong offensively. Seventh in the nation on offense. Fifteenth, pretty good on the power play, too. They need to be good at both ends if they're going to beat Mankato. And Patoni had a great point. He said, I think the game will be determined in the first ten minutes of the first period. He goes, because if we can get through that, maybe catch them off guard, get a goal under the net, or just at least keep them at bay in the first 10, because Mankato likes to score quickly, and they like to, you know, set the pace early. If you can keep them at bay, or even get one on the board, that'll show, hey, we can do this, we can keep pace with them, and, you know, they could end up coming with a win. And I don't think anybody is just thinking, oh, Mankato's just going to roll <laughs> past NMU. Right. Like, NMU beat them in January up in Marquette. They've shown they can beat them in Mankato. So it's it's going to be a fun game. I'm looking forward to keeping track of it. Um, I, I was telling my wife, and we made the joke that, hey, you know, you left town after seven years, and NMU could make the NCAA tournament after you leave. So you could say – it was on you. <laughs> that's, why they, that's why they didn't make it in the seven years. You leave, and then they make it in. So that was a little far-fetched, but it was a fun little joke we talked about. So The the Stieg jinx, right? Uh, yeah. Ryan, so now it's prediction time. Again, This uh, obviously on paper, this uh, matchup does heavily favor Mankato. We did also say the same thing last week and nearly got burned again. Uh, mm-hmm. But again, what, what do we think? This is a... a uh, is this uh, is this uh, really going to be the tail of the tape, or uh, does uh, NMU stand a chance against Mankato? You know, I'm uh, I'm not going to go quite as bold as I did with my St. Thomas <laughs> winning Friday night <laughs> <laughs> prediction I made on my site. I think NMU is going to win Saturday night. I mean, it's not as bold of a pick just because 
I know that they've shown they can do it. They've shown they can beat Mankato. They're in the same situation that they were last year, playing him in the semis in Mankato. They know what's coming. They're peaking at the right time. And I feel like everything is kind of flowing Northern's way at this point. Mankato blew out St. Thomas in the second game, as people expected. I, they looked shaky to me Friday night at times, like almost in the first period, you know, my wife said, are they even paying attention right now? Like, you know, it just, it just, they just looked a little off. Like the passing wasn't as dynamic as it typically is. The Dryden McKay looked like he was, I don't know, off in his own little world <laughs> for a couple of minutes, you know. So. Dan Myers will love that comparison, let me tell you that. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, put down the hookah pipe. I'm sure they'll tell me to do yeah. that. But, uh, yeah, I think NMU is going to come out on top. I think it's going to be a tight one, probably a 4-3 game or, a, you know, something like that, or a 3-2 going to come down to the wire. But like Grant said, I think if they can get through the first 10 minutes, maybe get one on the scoreboard, you know, keep Mankato scoreless. I I think that they can carry the day, and I think that's what's going to happen. I you, I'm picking against Mankato for the second straight week. I didn't think I'd actually be doing that, but <laughs> I don't like. I, like, I think many people will be on Dan Myers' train that says, "Put down the hookah pipe." What the heck are you doing, man? <laughs> yeah. uh, but with that being said, Ryan, you did hear to hear it here first. As Mankato is supposed to fall this weekend to Northern Michigan, uh, Ryan. Again, as always, thank you very much. We'll be checking back in with you next week on uh, some more CCHA finals action, and of course a recap. <laughs> with a semifinals, but we need to head just a bit or west to Minneapolis and check with Drew Cove on the Minnesota Golden Gopher. Just like Judd's Buds, you can find all MNCAA episodes on the Soda Pod feed with episodes dropping every Friday. Go follow the dedicated college hockey feed on Twitter at MN underscore NCAA. MNCAA was taken by some douchebag with zero followers that won't reply to Isha with our very lucrative usd cash offer it is that time of year once again the ncaa tournament is here and march madness is officially underway for all the latest odds contest and player props as well as help making your bracket perfect betonline.net is the number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info betonline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores podcasts and news this season and it's not just basketball. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. So head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. You can find it all at Bet Online, where the game starts. Now, Isha, who's the last show that we want to promote here this week? Brave the Wild. Joey has been in the Minnesota Wild podcast game since 2008. Here's a clip from the Chiseled Veteran. I've seen worse games, obviously, but I've certainly seen better as well. <laughs> Run into Ham is kind of all over the place. Connor DeWer actually ended up getting scratched versus the New York Rangers because, I don't know, I mean, DeWer, you'll see some moments here and there, but he doesn't, he doesn't finish really in like five points in 23 games. It's one of those kind of things. He's kind of like his counterpart, uh, Mr. Giroux, Damian Giroux, not Claude, Damian Giroux. It's easy to get those mixed up when I'm looking at a Philadelphia lineup. Um, basically, Damian Giroux's level of production in the AHL, which is kind of depressing, to say the least. Nice to see Kalen Addison continuing to get action more and more now. Of course, still no Dumba at the moment. And whew, don't get me a start on Dumba versus Dallas. Ooh-wee. 
Uh, but Kalen Addison, again, getting some action here, continuing to develop now with Minnesota. It's one thing about letting players cook, you know, letting players develop, so to speak, as they say, in Iowa, like Marco Rossi. But I think Addison's a little closer. I think he's a little closer. Obviously, he's drafted earlier than Rossi. Drafted, you know, in a, he's a little bit older than Rossi. And again, Rossi missing the entire season last year. Uh, anybody anybody uh, yelling at you for, for daring to say Rossi should stay in the AHL this year, I think they're being a little crazy. Like, settle down a little bit. You know, if you're going to bash somebody for saying Rossi should stay in the AHL. I, I don't think that's a stupid take at all. Come on. You know, I mean, seriously. Boldy stayed. And Boldy didn't miss an entire season. Uh, and Boldy stayed last year and even started this year there, a bit partially because of the injury. But, yeah, now look at Boldy. So, and look at the two stars in uh, New York. They just said, oh, yep, welcome to New York. But they didn't play one second in the AHL. Yeah, welcome to New York. Good luck to you. And they haven't done Jack. Um, speaking of Jack, like Jack Hughes, it took him forever in New Jersey. He's just finally starting to break through a little bit. It doesn't really help. It doesn't really help. It's, it's great to see them in that nice, fancy uniform with their number. And, my God, here they are. This is the most exciting thing ever. And, yay, they got, got like 10 points in 50 games. Wahoo. <laughs> you know, that's not a good thing. Uh, something funny about Philadelphia. I mean, it's just like one familiar name after another. We mentioned the two coaches, Yo and John Torchetti. It's just amazing how hockey guys kind of forgive and forget or they, they just stay friends they were never enemies which is cool obviously Fletcher ended up firing Mike Yo but still like had a beer with them and they were kind of having you know a teary conversation with each other John Torchetti of all people replaces Mike Yo and then look at that they're all together again on one of the worst teams in the league and they line up with Jerry Mayhew on it <laughs> Jerry Mayhew yep which is kind of funny Good for him. Good to see him in the NHL, but he's not that spectacular. Nick Steeler is a name that's being mentioned with trade possibilities to Minnesota, much less my Dumbo offer. I suppose, again, you're looking for size and cheap. Well, Nick Steeler's size and cheap, definitely, and it's nice to see him back in the National Hockey League after missing a whole year last year, not with injury, but just not playing. Um, so nice to see Nick Steeler in the NHL. Wouldn't be a bad idea to come back to Minnesota to help in the back end, and I still stand by that. Obviously, Susie, I got a hard no from uh, Derek Falsco. We'll get to that into the fan interaction segment. Understand, Understandably, because he's making almost $3 million a year, so it's just one of those things. It's I, I was afraid I was going to be met with that type of response because, yes, he is expensive, and that's why some people were like, they're okay with letting him go because of that. It's, it's a little on the expensive side, so... Steeler obviously is very, very, very on the, very much on the cheap end. He's not as good as Susie. It's ironic though because Steeler actually was ahead of Susie for a little while there in Minnesota. Uh, Susie was barely try, barely cracking the lineup, and Steeler was like, you know, like he was on the second pairing for a minute or two and looked pretty darn good actually. And then things got weird because Mr. Paul Fenton got weird. <laughs> Let's just say Fenton got weird bringing in a guy. Was it Anthony Batato, I believe? A very forgettable player, but a very uh, rem- uh, very cool name to remember, I suppose. Batero, Tony Batero, came in, and that bleeped everything up because Batero basically was an AHL-level player, and due to the cap situation, we couldn't send him down to the AHL. Great, great move there, uh, Paul. So then that put Sealer in the press box and messed everything up because Sealer was actually playing okay at the time. Uh, okay, there I go babbling on and on, but of course, again... I would hope fairly fairly interesting conversation, I suppose. 
it wasn't a very interesting game necessarily. It was just nice that we ended up winning and the the highlight of the night. Not only that Frederick Goudreau continues to actually score goals all of a sudden with his eighth, but that Ryan Hartman got his 20th and 21st. What do you think of that? What do you think of that? Uh, uh, both cases tying the game up after falling behind with, in Philadelphia. Mm. Mm. one nothing and 3-2 to two and 2-1. Two to one. It was kind of like Game 7 versus the Colorado Avalanche in 2014. Yeah, and then it was 4-3 to three Philadelphia, and then 4-4. Four to four, Matt Boldy tying it up with about 8 minutes left. And then Brodeen scoring just moments later. Whew, what a very, very, very powerful release. Only his fourth goal of the season. It felt like he should have more. It's crazy how both Brodeen and Dumba only have four goals this season. Dumba, Mr. Mister, like 20-goal powerful dumb bomb shot. Four goals. Hmm. Fiala? Dumba? Are you sure? Are you sure now? <laughs> I may put the poll out again. I may actually create a poll. Last time, the first time I created, uh, it was just a question and answer type of thing, which actually ended up being really fun and really cool. Uh, ended up being a really fun show and fan interaction segment, throwing that in there. Wouldn't mind uh, creating a poll for that one. I, I, mm, yeah, well, both of them both of them create messed up turnovers, but it's just funny. This was literally like the 2014 Game 7 Colorado Avalanche game. But this is Philadelphia and stuff. Yeah, this is Philadelphia. Maybe the worst team in the league. And you're falling behind like four times in the game. Four times. Four. <laughs> this game is fucking horrible! Get your questions in every week by following at Brave the Wild. And listen by searching Brave the Wild Minnesota Wild Podcast. All right, thanks to everybody tuning in on Google, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I mean, wherever you get your podcasts from, the best thing you can do for us or any of the content that you heard in this podcast episode, uh, you can go on iTunes and Apple Podcasts, give us and give them five stars and a kind review. It goes such a long way. You're already supporting us by listening to this episode, so you might as well go and review us as well. If you're jonesing for more hockey content, go listen through our website, thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. And on your app, please download the episode before you listen, as it just helps all of our business. You can follow myself at VI Sports Talk. You can follow Hoppy at State of Hoppy. And of course, you can find the Soda Pod on all platforms at the Soda Pod. Signing off, I'm Isha Dromi alongside the State of Hoppy. This has been the Soda Pod, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. We good, buddy? We good. Don't fear, just drink some beer and stay wild. That is going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Wild. Again, a big thank you to Isha Jeromey and State of Hoppy of the Soda Pod for putting this collaboration podcast together each and every week. Make sure if you haven't already to follow all of the shows associated with this uh, collaboration podcast as uh, definitely some great shows throughout the state of Minnesota that uh, are worth a listen. Also, make sure that you check out the Locked on Wild feed. Uh, follow us on wherever you listen to podcasts if you haven't already. Make sure to check us out on Twitter to get in on March Madness with the Locked on Madness tournament uh, currently underway now with voting. So make sure to check it out and cast your vote for your favorite Minnesota Wild player. And stay up to date with all things Minnesota Wild and trade deadline news as we gear up for Monday's trade deadline. If a puck drops, if big news breaks, or a trade happens anywhere in the state of hockey, 
Locked On Wild has you covered with new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.